0: Good.
1: Okay. Welcome to Technically Managing 18, everyone. The podcast where we're technically managing in our jobs in life. I'm Zachary Telke.
2: and I'm Raul Murakami, and today we have a special guest, Ally Lane. Welcome Hi, everyone. Show, Thank you
0: for having me. So excited! I've secretly <laughs> been begging Zach to let me on the show <laughs> for a while.
1: There's a lot of people I want to get on. I'm glad that we're able to make this work
0: yeah it feels a little weird getting
1: back into it like for just the audience um listening it's the beginning of it's february 8th right now so we skipped the january episode just getting through the holidays and on that like and all that stuff so it's our first time back since before christmas
2: is it already been here since we started
1: yeah because do you remember what month we started I think it was like January or February last year.
2: I feel like it was February. We need to check on that. Check
1: that, yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. Congrats on the one year. How Thank fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you, Allie. Um, for the audience, Allie is a product manager at NetSuite, which is owned by Oracle. She started as a cloud solution engineer, and she graduated from UT Austin. And you did mechanical engineering there, right?
0: Yes, I was a mechanical engineer. Um, UT was a little different because you actually had to like declare your specific major when you applied to the school. So little 18 year old me was like, I know I want to be an engineer. Mechanical seems like broad and cool. And I liked building things with my hands. So applied to mechanical and people are always kind of confused when they hear like, I now work in tech, but it's kind of a interesting story. But I I actually love studying mechanical engineering. But when it came time for like looking at internships around like sophomore, junior year, I realized that I didn't really want to like work on an oil rig or work like on HVAC systems, or I wasn't really like that passionate about like manufacturing, which is like the, the typical kind of mechanical engineering role. So Luckily, I was like pretty ahead in my major and I just kind of like pivoted to computer science. I like enrolled in this program that UT had that was really cool, basically like for computer science, but like more than a minor, less than a major. So that was a really good opportunity because I got to have some like some CS stuff on my resume and learn about that Um, and was lucky enough to get a like a software QA internship. Um, so that kind of got me exposed to like the CS tech world. Um, and then yeah, Oracle just took a chance on me when I was applying like out of, out of college for a role, um, started in the same program as Zach, uh, for the, the class of program and Ramu, did you start in class of as well?
2: Yeah, I did. I actually started in class of as Zach. Um, yeah, we okay, were, yeah. Like, the two of us um, were on yeah. like
1: the same like class of team uh, starting yeah. out. But yeah, we all went through that solution engineering class of program. So that's interesting. Yes. So like even when you were in college still going through your engineering major, you had kind of realized by that point that you were interested in doing tech then.
0: Yeah, I was. And it's kind of funny because I feel like by the time I was in college, like maybe my junior, senior year. To the point of me, you know, securing a job in product management, it always was kind of just like me trying to convince people. Like my experience and you know my background is not necessarily like the stereotypical one, but like it's always been me trying to like convince people to take a chance on me. And like that happened, you know, to get my first job, people would be like, "Oh, your major is mechanical engineering. Why do you want to work in tech?" So mm-hmm. I did that, and then. Um, And then, you know, moving into product, it's like, okay, you know, you don't have any product experience. Why do you, why should we hire you? Why are you in product? But um, it's been really like a cool experience for me because finally, like getting into product management has been a goal of mine for so long. And I finally feel like I'm in a place that like the next time, you know, I look to make like a job move or like apply to other things, I might actually have experience Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the things that I want to (laughs) do and that's just like such a weird concept to me I'm like wait I don't have to like convince people and do all this like what the heck
1: yeah I definitely that's like definitely something that I've experienced up until this point in my career and I think it's very usual especially with your 20s because you're trying stuff out you don't really have any laurels to rest on and you're like moving around a lot just trying to like find out what you're good at. So that whole kind of having to convince people, like, you haven't done X before, why would you be good at it? I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. I do, when people were asking you about switching from mechanical engineering to tech, was it more just like a, a curiosity thing? Or like did you feel a little bit of like resistance and skepticism from them? Because just being a third party removed from that all I look at like mechanical engineering. I'm like, oh, this person would be great at tech because at the end of the day, all you have to do is like showcase an ability to learn nuanced detail. And then if you have demonstrated communication ability, um, then you're pretty much good to go. Like I was talking to uh, this one guy who reached out to me he has a biomedical engineering background and he's like working at the small company. Shout out to Omar, if you're listening. Mm -hmm. And he's like interested in transitioning into tech as well. And he's talking about how it's like, yeah, he's doing technical stuff for his company. He's kind of shown that he can have that rigorous STEM style skill set. And that also he's like demonstrated these communication abilities. So for things like solution engineering, I'm like, oh, that's like a perfect fit. It's like interesting that like, you could potentially still be, like, get a little bit of resistance, like, with those kinds of things. Yeah,
0: I think, in my opinion, it really depended on the hiring company, right, because, like you said, I, I believe that, like, if you're in technology, or, you know, anything technical, or engineering, or anything like that, really what you're learning, like, of course you have a specialty, but like really what you're learning is how to think critically mm-hmm. and how to, you know, analyze and get things across the finish line, in my opinion. And so, yeah, some companies I would experience like very little resistance because yeah, they recognize like, you know, you're a college student. Like you said, you don- we don't have any experience. We don't really know what we want to do at that point. Like if you are blessed enough to know, that's amazing. I did not experience that. Um, but, you know, there definitely were some companies that would kind of look at you and be like, why are you at my booth? Why are you applying to this? You know, you don't fit the bill. And I I really commend, like, the companies that are more open to different types of, you know, college students or, like, early career students because, you know, a lot of times, like, we are super eager. We just don't necessarily have, like, the experiences to back it up. But I do think like that eagerness and that willing attitude is so critical, especially like in early career that I'm going to think, like, I have just kind of thought to myself, like, okay, maybe in the future, if I'm in a position where I'm hiring for my team, I want to push myself to be like a little more open-minded about who we want and like get the best hire that has the best potential, maybe not necessarily the best like resume, like physical resume, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I think... Also, uh, what you said was key, and it's like depending on the company. Um, like for example, I know that in our class off, we did have a couple of electrical engineers, um, we had statistics majors. Um, so I feel like Oracle was more open to saying, hey, we they did, you know, have in the um job description, oh, we're looking for computer science degrees or related. Um degrees, right? That right. <laughs> I'm not really sure if like your degree would count as related, mm-hmm. but still it sounded like, okay, if it's not computer science, we're open for other, you know, degrees. Um, And I mean, you you, you ended up in Oracle, right? So I'm assuming that that's like a, a big reason yeah. that we are more open to hiring people from different backgrounds that show that they have the skills, right? Like, for example, I did um information systems at my major, right? Um, But previous to that, I was an international affairs major, right? So it has nothing to do with technology, but I was able to, you know, still make it to our class of um, hiring. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. You realize- and I
0: loved, I loved that it was project based. I think that was something that, mm-hmm. like, I really appreciated, like, even just given the opportunity to show mm-hmm. what you can do. So it, I don't know, I thought that was great a great interviewing strategy and obviously like that format won't fit for every single job but Mm -hmm. um I I definitely think it was it was a good strategy for that like class up program
2: right um did did you guys knew what solution engineering was before because I feel like even computer science majors don't know what like you know solution engineering or I mean at least me I didn't even know what product management was so did you guys know that before applying? <laughs> you know? I really
0: didn't have any idea. It, it I mean when I was applying for jobs out of college, I actually had no idea what product management was at all. Like literally, it was not even on my radar. Solution engineering. I think I knew like, you know, conceptually what it was, but I didn't I didn't truly know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um but I think, you know, that's just kind of the nature of the the types of jobs you get out of college, like you're stepping into like a completely new phase, unless you've interned, you probably don't know really what's going to happen. But Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm a really, really strong believer that, you know, everyone, you know, they, they do great in college. And you know, you have all these accolades and stuff. But once you get on the job, I really believe that everyone's slate is theoretically wiped clean at that point, And you have this new opportunity because there's so many things that you have to learn for your job specifically that you didn't learn in college. You didn't, you didn't know how to do it. And everyone has to do that, right? Everyone has to do that learning. So you're kind of given this opportunity to shine no matter your background. Right. Um, and I don't think I was expecting that like going into my first career. I kind of was expecting to be like maybe behind or something, but it was very re- like, you know, refreshing and encouraging to be like, okay, we all now have the same opportunity again. We've got here like our our stuff that's in the past, we has gotten us here, but now we are we're all free to kind of do how we will.
1: So oh, yeah, that's one of the things that's always gotten me most excited about my career so far in Oracle because Especially in college, you don't realize at the time and like, yeah, you'll work really hard in school, like depending on the kind of person you are and where you go. But there is still this fact that you don't realize how artificial the environment you are is in and how just like structured and rigid and being able to like come out and like be like, okay, you're now in the real world, you're in your career and There will be people who, let's say, gives you the default option of what you do and the steps and motions to go through. But really, this is kind of just like an open field game where like, hey, you can like rise up by your own effort. And depending on how much you want to put into this, you aren't guardrailed the way that you are in school where it's like, oh, you need to do these classes and you need to wait a year to get to this next thing. It's like, kind of like how we all found our way into product management. I'm sure we all feel this way to at least a certain degree. The fact that's like there's a lot less rules to this game and you can really just find ways to go hard, make a name for yourself. And then these opportunities, whether it's even just getting into solution engineering in the first place, and especially getting into product management. Like We didn't know what these things were before. And now that we're here, it's like you're starting to see like, oh, there's so much to life that you get to learn and that like you Mm -hmm. pick up on that. Like it's just these little subtle things that you can't teach in like a formal environment, like until you get into like the real world.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. It was like, at this point, I am almost three years out of college. And at this point I'm obviously past this and extremely comfortable in the corporate world, but I don't know about you guys, but like that sort of like environment of, okay, this is the first time where you don't have a professor telling you when mm-hmm. things are due, you don't have certain things to get an ABC, etc. was like initially a little jarring and like a little uncomfortable for me because I'm very type A. I like, I like rules. I like guidelines. But once I kind of got used to it and got past it, yeah, you realize that you truly have like limitless opportunity, but you just have to be the one to sees it it. if that makes sense
1: yeah and to tie this back in because I just feel like it's good to mention for the audience that's listening um to you talking about that people kind of initially looked at you skeptically Allie when it came to your background there will be the people who just kind of think pretty narrow-minded in terms of what they're looking for for requirements but don't let that get you down because I just remember going through like the application process myself it's like you throw out 100 resumes, you see all these specific requirements in your online job postings. And you're like, how do I like stand out in this sea of craziness? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, it's very easy for us to try to think in terms of, oh, they gave out these specific qualifications. How do I fit myself to this box? But it's like the real world, like, there's not really that whole box game anymore. And instead of, like looking at it that way, kind of like you with your mechanical engineering background and Ramu, you had, it was, you did sales when you're in insurance, right? Like you're cold calling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like for me with finance, these were all things where traditionally um, you could look at the situation as like, this doesn't fit the bill, but the fact that we had these different experiences and we were able to convey as strengths, I think that helped make us like stand out from say, hundred other comp sci degree people who did fit the bill of what they were looking for but like they kind of blend into the background
2: you know yeah I, and i think go ahead ramu oh like i was gonna say when i applied for oracle um i think i've told you this zach but i applied for a bdc role right <laughs> because i was like "This is the way <laughs> that i'm gonna fit you know like a super technical role so um it's crazy that now thinking back i'm like wow I did fit because I'm here now, you know, but it's like the fear of applying to things that you might not qualify for, you know, but as you said, Zach, like there's not such a thing as a box that tells you, hey, you yeah. need to have all of these, you know. So
0: And so just think, because yeah. Of
2: school,
1: yeah, like just because like school is so structured, it's it's very disorienting when you first get out. And kind of like what you're saying, Ali, like a whole type A thing. You're like, oh, like, where's the rules? Where's the adult to tell me what I kind of can't do? Mm -hmm. But after you get over those first couple, like, oh, like, I got to this place that's, like, not normal to get to. That starts to give you a lot of confidence. And you realize, like, there's a lot less rules to this game. What other things can I, quote, unquote, like, do that is outside the box? And, like, I found a lot of, like, kind of, like, personal thrill and just motivation and just that like oh if I've gotten here it's like well nothing's to say stop like stop me from going to something else crazy that would be outside of most people's thinking in the future
0: yeah whenever people ask me for like advice on like applying to jobs whether that's like out of college or just like you know early career making a change my number one is advice I always say is you have to get comfortable with rejection. And I think that actually applies to your adult life in general. Like you have to get comfortable with rejection because you will get rejected 90% of the time. Even if you are like the most amazingly qualified candidate, you were this, you were this, you did this, like interviewing and applying and throwing out your resume is ultimately a subjective experience. There's someone, you know, in theory, if you, if you get past the resume, like, you know, technology, screening, whatever. It is a subjective experience. And like there's humans behind that. And like that human may be having a bad day. That human may just like not really resonate with what you're saying, but it's kind of a numbers game. And if you apply to enough things and you are relentless and you, you know, hustle and you, you do your thing out there, then eventually you will find a manager or a hiring manager, whoever that will Resonate with what you're saying and resonate with who you are and your experiences. And it's really just about finding that person or that company that sees you and sees what you're trying to do and appreciates, you know, what you're saying on your resume and what you're saying in your interviews. And I would argue that, like, that is, you're ultimately looking for that person, you know, not necessarily that role, that company. You're looking for that person that will take a chance on you and invest in you and really sees you for what you're trying to do.
1: It's kind of like dating, like, even if you're like a great person, if the other side doesn't see that thing in you, it's like, this wasn't Mm -hmm. a fit that's meant to be. And like, it helps you get to where you're supposed to be in the long run, because eventually it's like, yeah, you'll find that opportunity, that company, that manager, who's like, oh, like, I see potential there. Like, there's something I can Mm -hmm. grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: like, I always just thought it was funny, because when I was trying to move into product management, I was spamming my resume everywhere and I got so many rejections from smaller companies, bigger companies. But then like I got an interview at Google and then on the same day, I got a rejection email from like a really small company. And I was like, I'm confused. Like, you know, (laughs) why would I get this? But like truly it's just finding it's just being a little lucky And working really hard and being just relentlessly, you know, relentlessly passionate and relentlessly confident in who you are and what you're trying to do.
1: I love that you use that example, too, because, like, I feel like a lot of us just kind of the same way that when we go into college, it's like, oh, there's the Ivy Leagues. And it's like, then there's like the backup schools and all that. We take that type of thinking to the real world. And it's like very easy for us to like start with like, think that this is like this orderly structure to everything yeah. and then you like, just if you don't start get a to... job
0: at fang you're yeah you're useless you know <laughs> or
1: it's like yeah you're a failure blah 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 but mm-hmm. then like you said it's like you can get a google interview but just like this random company rejects you and you realize like how chaotic the actual <laughs> real world is and it's more of like a dice yeah. roll when it comes to getting your foot in yeah. the door and like the whole thing is mm-hmm. like yeah it's gonna be chaotic getting your foot in the door but like use that experience and the fact that you remember going through it where it's like once you get your foot in that door and make this little corner for you it's like hold on to that and use that as like the foundation to build something from there i think i think it was kay malcolm that said she's like once you get in your goal should be to never have to formally interview again and like to add some like Mm. specific background she was basically like hey like you guys have gotten the opportunity. You made it into a top tech company. You're working hard. You're moving your way like through the ladder. Part of the game is like networking and proving yourself so that people come to you to operate like for opportunity or with opportunities. So it's not, you don't have to go back to that like insecure, vulnerable place you were being a college student looking for their first job, which is like that kind of beggar mindset you know that you have potential, you have a long (laughs) future ahead of you, but it's like, you don't have anything to prove it to someone. And it's like, you're kind of at the whims of whoever decides to take a chance on you.
0: Yeah. Please hire me.
1: (laughs) No, literally. (laughs) I remember I took it so personally because I'm like, I didn't get it at first. I was like, I worked my butt off in high school. I worked my butt off in college. I have this great resume. Like, why won't people like give me the chance and
0: Mm -hmm. it
1: just really comes down to that numbers game it's like you learn eventually but yeah yeah it's like it's It's easy to get resentful at first but you just gotta not like realize like it's not it is about you in a sense of you have to elbow your way into your future but it's not about you in terms of like the don't take it personally everyone is worrying about Mm -hmm. their own stuff and like that kind of thing
0: it's really not about like getting, you know, when you get the job, I would say like the key to like the early career job search is how quickly you can bounce back. Mm -hmm. And so you may, you may not even have a rebound, like you may not even have a rebound phase. You might just be, you know, so good at this that you just apply no matter what. But yeah, it's, it's definitely hard at first when you get these rejections and like, you're like, what am I supposed to be doing? What else can I be doing? But, you know, like we said, you've got to stay relentless. You have to just like keep going. But I, one of my funny stories um, was that my kind of like drill this point home, just about like luck and like resonating with like the human behind your resumes. When I was, when I was a junior in college at UT, we have this thing called the engineering expo, which is basically in the basketball stadium. It's like three levels of recruiters, just booths. And it is, in August so it's so hot you're sweating your butt off it's just horrendous like it's so chaotic everyone is stressed and just like it's the environment is not the best but you know you have to do it so I was at I was at engineering expo looking for you know an internship in theory and a lot of the big name companies will have like lines around the corner and all this stuff but I and I was so tired of waiting in lines. I just like saw a booth that was a product that I actually had used and I really liked and I resonated with and they had no line, Mm -hmm. which was weird to me. And I totally didn't qualify at all. So the job that they wanted was like a QA intern, like a more development thing. And at this point I would, I barely even scratched the surface of my CS studies. And I just like walked up to them, started talking to them, like told me about, or like told them about myself and what I was kind of looking for. And like, I could tell that they were like kind of sizing me up. Like they liked me, but they didn't really like know what to do with me because I was just like this Mechie that was like, please hire me. But anyway, so, okay, great. Gave my resume, shook her hand, watched, walked away. Like 15 minutes later, I'm in the middle of this huge crowd. I get this like tap on my shoulder and it's the recruiter <laughs> from that booth. And he was like, um, we actually really liked you and we want you to interview. Wow. And I was like, like in the middle of this crowd. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, But yeah. And that's how I got, that's literally how I got my first internship in software and like, granted, you know, I had a lot to learn, but um, I was, I've always been like, just like so thankful to that recruiter for like seeing me and just like giving me a chance. Cause Um, It kind of like really allowed me to like start my journey to where I am today.
2: I think it definitely also have to do with um, your charisma and being like original, you know, like whenever you're talking to people, like I feel like every time that I talk to people that came in through class off, we all have this like being able to being to be like original to who we are in some sense right like where we talk to people uh we're able to like communicate properly too we're not very like what people think tech people are you know yeah (laughs) quiet and shy and stuff um yeah that's also very important because you you definitely need to connect in a human perspective when it comes to like those opportunities right um just the same way as i'm assuming for sure like just by like talking to you right now that you connected with the recruiter in a more social way too, not only because of your skills. So I think yeah, that- that's a good point. Yeah, yeah you, got, you, you just
0: have to be human. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: Have you always been um, like good at like let's say like environments like the one you're in where it's like you go up, you talk to a stranger, being charismatic. Like, have you always been more social and able to, let's say, like move through those inv- types of environments smoothly, or is that something you had to learn?
0: Yeah. Good question. I have always been extremely extroverted. Like Mm -hmm. I just have this like innate love of people, especially people who are like, like you were saying, Ramu are just like true to themselves. Like that to me is, I love like getting to know those people. And I always have loved big group environments. I don't know what it is. I just love it. And so that sort of aspect of like corporate and just like real world job and whatever has always like come pretty naturally to me I think like the flip side of that is that sometimes I will bite off like I'll kind of become like the representative and start like planning things for the group but then like that kind of gets stressful and then like sometimes I feel bad if like people aren't having a good time and then like you know, that kind of thing. You take on other people's,
1: like, emotions (laughs) off yourself kind of thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I sometimes do, but, um, but, yeah, I love a big, I love a big group environment. I love a party. I, I love just getting to know, like, strangers. I think it's so fun, and I, I especially love, like, fostering community, so kind of going back to, like, yeah, planning things, and, like, I love, like, introducing people who I think will be friends, and, like, I think that, that has just always been really innate in my personality, whether that's, like, at work or, like, in my personal life.
1: Do you have any, like, advice? And maybe it's harder because it's always been natural to you. But do you have any advice for people who, like, might be more on the introverted side where they're comfortable with, like, people that they know, but especially environments like career fairs or, like, first-time mm-hmm. interviews, it just kind of triggers that fight or flight and it's yeah. not something <laughs> that, like, naturally comes to them.
2: Like, are you talking yes. about about what (laughs) talking about me i'm
1: I'm talking about me like (laughs) i didn't know (laughs) i was thinking she'd like get on that that was was referring to myself but no because like just i didn't want to make it about me me. but like it is something where i always hated that kind of stuff in college like career fairs stressed me out i would just lock up during interviews like and ramble i was so in my head about proving myself and just having every single word memorized because, like, I didn't want to, like, fail because I was putting so much, like, pressure on a situation where it's, like, you end up just freaking out and coming off, like, wrong. I mean, it's something that I feel like I've gotten better at, but, like, the podcast is, like, a great example. When we first started doing that, it, like, terrified me, like, speaking publicly, having a live record. I mean, like, I can't track this. Like, I'm putting up hours of what I'm speaking on online every (laughs) two weeks, but after a little bit of time you get used to it and it becomes comfortable and yeah to kind of like go back to it I think it's something that with time just like anything else you learn how to do but you do have to put yourself out there but like for people who say it might not be so um comfortable starting out like what are if there's any strategies that like come to mind of you I'm curious
0: yeah so I do just want to preface before I like give these pieces of advice. I've actually used these as well, right? Like no, truly nobody is like this perfect human and will nail every interview and will nail every social interaction. Like everyone fails, you know, a lot. But I think one of the things I realized in post-grad life and really in adulthood is that you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, Because the fact of the matter is, is actually everyone is uncomfortable. You know, we're all faking it. Everyone is doing their best. And you just have to be confident enough in yourself that, like, you're doing what's best for you. And it probably will be uncomfortable. And you know what? Like, even last night when I went to a running club, like, my friend didn't get there for a long time. And I, even though I was an extrovert, I was so uncomfortable. I was standing there alone. Among all of these people who obviously knew each other. But eventually I just had to be like, okay, Allie, go up to that nice looking group of girls over there and just say, can I stand with you? (laughs) And it'll be fine. And it was. And they were so sweet. But like, you know, you just have to do it. Like, I don't have any other answers. I think the best things in life come from risk taking and getting uncomfortable and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone because nothing good happens when you're comfortable and you know what's considered normal for you every growth only happens when you're uncomfortable I think from a more like uh, specific perspective or qualitative quantitative perspective maybe when you are interviewing or you have a big presentation or like something like that at work I would say just practice your butt off like practice the answers to your interviews you know or like Uh, interview questions so much so that they are ingrained in your mind. Like Zach, you kind of mentioned like memorizing, like I want you to practice your interview stuff to the point where like, it's not even memorized. It's just like internal, Mm -hmm. like you just know what you're trying to say. Like my dad has always given me this advice of like, you know, your first step should be to write out a script to a, to a question and kind of know that. And then you should move to bullet points. And then eventually you should just know what you want to say, right? It's not about specific words. It's about delivering the point. And so I think by practicing and practicing and practicing and internalizing your answers, you just come off so natural and it feels a lot easier. Um, that's what happened with me with like the product manager interviews, product manager interviews were something that I never did, you know, in college or, or my first job. And I had to teach myself everything about it, and I can't even tell you how many, like, practice questions I did, how many, like, mock interviews I did, to the point where, like, by the time I interviewed for my current job, it just rolled off my tongue. Like, it just felt so natural that, like, I couldn't help but but saying what I had practiced to say.
1: Yeah, well, while we're on the topic, what was the process for you like to interview um going from cloud engineering to product management like I guess like start what like led to that opportunity in the first place and then because I feel like Ramu and I've talked about a little bit we had everyone seems to have like pretty different experiences getting into PM from an interview standpoint like I'm kind of curious the specifics of yours
2: right like what yeah be a pm cuz it looks like you actually knew you wanted to be a pm and then how was your process and why did you even decide to stay in oracle then you know yeah <laughs> yeah good question um
0: okay so the first thing you asked was yeah what did i want to do in pm so just through um my experiences in like as a cloud engineer i think i realized that like where my passion really lies is in more business side, more strategy side, but I still wanted to be in technology, but I really just loved how product management kind of encompassed like business, technology, strategy, creativity, which is something that I love. Like I'm, I do have like an artistic side and like, that was really cool for me that there is some creativity in product. Um, I just learned about myself and this, you know, this is just part of being an early career professional. You don't even been in really any roles. So you don't really know what you like, but I just realized, you know, I didn't really want to be in like a, a pretty, a technical and like, like a more technical environment. Like I didn't really want to be the person just like coding. Um, I also didn't, I didn't super love sales. It just wasn't something that really like lit a fire in me. Um, And I just found product management through working with Kay, who you guys have also mentioned, um, getting to do some projects with her and just getting like exposed to the environment. And I just realized like that that was the next career step that I wanted to take. That's what I thought was a good fit for me. Um, And Just because it's
1: so probably like a crucial piece of you getting there. um, What was your experience with Kay and how did you meet her in the first place?
0: Yeah, so I met Kay because she came and talked on one of our like class of um, Friday meetings. They were essentially like in the first like year of of the program. Every Friday, there would be like a guest speaker and Kay came on and I just loved what she was saying. And she actually said like, I want every single person on this call to reach out to me and set up like a one-on-one with me. And, like, I want to, like, mentor you and talk to you and things like that. And she actually ended the call by saying, like, actually, in my experience, only 5% of you will, will do that, will follow up.
1: I was and one of to the people to a... do it for mine. That's how I got, yeah. like, connected with yeah. her. Yeah,
0: Like, of course, I took that as a personal challenge. I was going to reach out to her anyway. <laughs> but I was like, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> but um, So, yeah, I just got connected with her. And she had like has been so awesome in just like exposing me to more of like the outbound version of product management. So doing a lot of like customer facing type marketing and promotions and projects. And, you know, what does that kind of look like? Um, just getting me exposed to the world or to the PM world. Um, so I'm so thankful for Kay for doing that because yeah, I, I really had no idea what a PM was, what a PM could do. Um So yeah, that was, that was my experience with Kay (laughs) and she's been great. You know, she's, she's been a continuous mentor, which I think is so cool. But um, I think one of the things about mentoring that other people have told me, and I want to say here also for anyone listening is like a mentorship men or like a mentor mentee relationship is actually a two-way street. So not only should like the mentee be getting like mentorship and wisdom from the mentor, but the mentor should be getting something from the mentee. So as a mentee or, you know, oftentimes as early career professional, you are a mentee, you need to be doing your best to make your mentor look good or deliver on whatever projects they might be giving you, or you want to make sure that you are performing for them because then that makes them look good and benefits them as well. Right. So just keep that in mind when you, when you, uh, you know, engage in like a mentorship relationship. It, it definitely needs to be two way.
1: (laughs) And also like, it's just a great way to get your foot in the door. uh, Say like someone like, hey, she was like, hey, give me a call. I bet you won't kind of thing. But if you're trying to get your foot in the door of someone, you could always just reach out like, hey, I'm interested in having a chat, uh, learning a bit more about what you do. And then after the call being like, if you ever need help with like a side project or something, that's a great way to show like you're talking about, demonstrate Mm -hmm. value to them, give them an opportunity to see your, your work and not seem like you're kind of like freeloading until you go like, hey, would you happen to Mm -hmm. have a job or like an opening kind of thing?
0: Yeah. And going back to what we were talking about before, right? If you are someone who's looking for a mentor, number one, be bold, right? Don't be afraid to Slack them or email them or like cold message them on LinkedIn. Don't be afraid to do that because I get a lot of those messages. And I, I find it like very exciting, very flattering. I personally love mentoring. I love seeing people who are like tenacious and hungry, but a lot of people won't then like take initiative, right? Like it's not my job as the mentor to like set up our meeting. Like it's your job to be like, Hey, can we talk about XYZ? i Z? I'm free on Friday at nine. I'll send you the email link. Like that's, that's your job, right? Like, me as the mentor whoever is the mentor they're doing you a favor so i would just remind like anyone listening that's looking for a mentor don't be afraid to reach out and be bold but also like take the initiative like you're the one setting it up you're the one like fueling this relationship so just remember that right
1: and don't but ask ultimately, for it really it can right be yeah that's the one i see people yeah. go bad with. oh my god and i feel like a lot of the time they yeah. don't understand what they're doing where they're just like hey like i work hard like i think i'd be good for this role But it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard to articulate until you're on the other side, but you want to like start off your relationship by showing an interest in what they're doing because everyone wants a job, especially if you're in a position or company that is desirable. So it's like, that just kind of puts up those guards and the people being like, oh, here's another person who's like, hey, I want something from you rather than being like, hey, I'm interested in learning about you by the way, anything I could help with, blah, 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 move forward from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And like, this kind of actually goes back to the the other questions you guys had asked me about um, my role to PM, how did I come to the job that I um, am currently in? And I think like a lot of people will see like my LinkedIn presence or like my online presence, or they're like, they'll kind of like hear about me through the grapevine. But getting to my current job seriously took basically a year of day in and day out, studying, reading, working on my resume, mock interviewing, getting rejected, applying again. Like it took a year of just like scrapping every single day, day in and day out, checking the job boards, checking LinkedIn every day, like just to get to where I am now. And I don't regret it and I would not take it back because like I said, by the time I actually interviewed for my current role, I felt so comfortable and so just like ready to crush whatever interview was in front of me. But yeah, like it's things, in my opinion, things don't just get handed to you. You have to work for them. But if you are willing to put in that work, then you, you will succeed that in my opinion, that is how corporate America works. It's, it's very like a transactional situation where if you grind and you put in the work and you show the initiative, eventually you will get rewarded. Um, and so, yeah, when people ask me about how did I get my current job, I just applied. I saw the job posting one day. I was like, awesome. I applied, I interviewed and I got the job. It wasn't anything like crazy experience it wasn't any like thing that came out of like my networking you know obviously like networking is never bad but um, yeah I just simply like cold applied and was like lucky enough blessed enough to like receive the job offer and um, I was so thankful because my journey was finally like (laughs) coming to an end like my recruiting journey but also like it was so exciting because my product management journey was like just beginning like this thing that I had worked for for so long was now like materializing and now I've been in the role for six months and I'm I just love it I'm so glad I did it I'm so glad that like it all worked out um and it just like motivates me to kind of as we were saying earlier like do more and do better and like find those pockets where you can really succeed and um Help the younger generation that also that you know that's going through what I just went through. Like, it's just like a very it's very like exciting to me. It's very motivating to me.
2: So, did you um, get any referrals or anything from people inside of Oracle? It was just a hundred percent you no. and that's it. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that- yep, it
0: was one hundred percent me. I did not get any referrals. I didn't do anything. I applied. <laughs> and, okay, to be fair, I did apply, and then on the internal job. So I looked up who the hiring manager was and slacked him and introduced myself. But yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't get any special like input or rec- or yeah referrals or anything. I'm
1: surprised you didn't, like, even if there was, say, no one on NetSuite that you knew, I'm surprised that you didn't just say, like, I don't know, ask Kay or someone else, you know, like, hey, do you mind if I put you as a referral for this position, even if it's not directly related? Was that just <laughs> like, just you didn't think about it or what you're just like was is there any thought behind not putting anyone for a referral
0: well so like on the job posting there's no there was no spot for a referral so that was one thing but also I mean of course I messaged Kay and I was like I'm so excited like I I have this interview for a, a PM you know interview and um yeah, she, but she, she was like best of luck, like here, get, gave some advice, but like ultimately she, she's not on NetSuite, right? So like uh-huh. it's hard to have pull when you quite literally, it's like completely different GBU or global business unit for, for people who don't know what it is, but it's completely separate. And so, yeah, she, you know, a- as great as she is, as great like as mentors that I have, it, they wouldn't have had any pull. They wouldn't have, been able to do anything but um but yeah I mean it was to be fair it was a long interview process I think I did five interviews so they were definitely like getting to know their candidates um
2: but were the five, uh, yeah uh,
0: or, or go ahead
2: sorry were the five interviews different or were they just with different people in the in the team
1: yeah what was that specific um, process like
2: yeah, I don't
0: really know if I can talk like specifically about it. Um, okay. I don't want to like you know.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Get that out in the world. Not, but, <laughs> I'd rather be I safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah,
0: I will say it was just it was basically with everyone on my team. So uh-huh. it was just a new new person on my team. Of course, there were different like themes and different um, subject matters, but uh, yeah, I will say what I did, and this I mean this is more for an internal transfer, right? Like if you were applying to a company outside of your current company, you couldn't do this. But before every interview, what I would do is I first off would look up my interviewer on LinkedIn. And you can definitely do that actually if you are interviewing inside or outside of your company, you can always do that. Um, I would look them up on LinkedIn, connect with them, sometimes send them a little message. Um, Because it's internal, I would then like Slack my interviewer. And I would just say like, Hey, my name's Allie. I'm your interviewee today. I'm so excited to do this. Um, is there anything I can prepare beforehand? Is there anything that like I should be aware of just to kind of get the conversation started? And more often than not, they would, they would maybe give me like a little bit of information about the interview. So you're not going in totally blind, which was great. You know, you kind of get to know what maybe the subject matter is, but um. That to me is a really good strategy and you can do that internally or externally, whether that's on like LinkedIn messaging or anything like that. Just so you know that like, they know that you're human, you're excited, you're like eager. Um, And they can stalk your LinkedIn a little bit before too. And (laughs) another plug for getting your LinkedIn profile up to, up to speed. Um, But that's an interview tactic that I would use really often. Whether I was interviewing internally
2: or externally Did you have for... any type I'm sorry
0: Oh
1: no you go first
2: Um did you have any type of um internal resume like for example I know that um when I applied for my job as a PM I highlighted a couple of the projects that I already did um that could be kind of tied to PM um so I had like a section like that in my resume did you have something mm-hmm. like that or was it more of like just solution engineering general?
0: Yes. Yeah. So my product management resume was specifically tailored to a product management job. So I had like an objective talking about how my goal was to get into product. Um, I had like a project section where I wrote about how I was in product manager type roles. Um, I, 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 tailored my like job descriptions to product management type verbiage like it was very very tailored definitely and one thing that is if you are someone out there that is going for like a fang job what you should do and i had a lot of success with this was look on the job postings requirements and see what specific verbiage they use and put that verbiage in your resume. So a lot of times, like, these big, giant companies who are receiving, like, thousands of applicants a day will send your resume through, like, an, a- just electronic screen. And you're less likely to get screened out if you do have specific words in there that they're looking for, like buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that you can do. It takes some effort, right? Like, tailoring your resume to every single job is time consuming, but I think it's, it's worth it. If you are going for like these big companies, if not, I would just say, take, make sure your resume is tailored to product management or whatever job you're going for. If you want to be a developer, tailor your job to development. Like if you want to be in sales, tailor your resume to sales. Like you just want to make sure that you are telling the story that you want to tell and that the hiring managers want to hear.
1: With the interviews, were they more behavioral or did they like say go into the technical side? Because I think something that might be a fear for a lot of people looking for either their next tech job or their first one is this whole, Mm -hmm. oh, (laughs) my background or what I'm familiar Mm -hmm. with is like, I learned X, Y, and Z. This is for something completely different. Like you weren't doing NetSuite when you were a cloud engineer. How much was the tech stack kind of a part of your preparation? like it's product uh, yeah products excel
0: um that was a good question so at least for my current job at Netsuite, the job posting itself discussed how they're looking for that you don't need to be an experienced you know erp professional you don't need to be necessarily like an accounting professional or anything like that they just wanted someone who was like eager to learn um which was really great you know, kind of going back to that kind of notion of just, like, finding the right person and team for you. Um, I will say, though, like, every single job that you're going to get, like, out of college, like, a lot of times there are these, like, programs or stuff like that, they all kind of have specific interview styles, right? And so, at least for, like, a product management interview, there's always going to be, like, a product design interview. So I would say like you like how would you improve an alarm clock? How would you improve your favorite app? That's a really common one. Um, and I would recommend read read cracking the PM interview, because this is all outlined in there, but you want to be prepared for those. Like you wanna be prepared for for any interview with the behavioral questions. You know, those are always gonna happen, especially for new grad, like people who are not super technical yet. Um for a developer, you know, you're probably going to have a coding interview. So what does that mean? Do leak code, do the, like, do all, there's so many resources out on the internet that can just, if you're just willing to put in some time, can just make you light years above the rest of the applicants, right? So I think it's just about reading and dis- and figuring out what type of interview you're going to get and just preparing I would say over prepare <laughs> because then when you get in the interview, you're like super comfortable.
2: So, um, can you tell us more about NetSuite? What what it does and um, how's yeah. <laughs> it going on days? What well, what do you do when you're like work, You know, now that you work as a PM, because I feel like everyone has a different, I don't know, uh, day when they become a PM. Like I feel like Zach and I do things totally different. You know, <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Yeah, the PM job is definitely so broad.
0: <laughs> you can do so many things. It really depends on your team. Um so yeah, NetSuite is a essentially just a full stack ERP solution. So anything that has to do with running your business, um, NetSuite probably has a a product for it. Specifically what, does what ERP
1: stand for for people who don't know.
0: Yes, enterprise resource planning. So it could be anything from like inventory management to accounting to um like HCM, human capital management, so like people, it could be payroll. It could be literally if you think of a business, anything that you need to run that business. Um, me specifically, I work on our general ledger accounting product. So, that's been really cool for me because it is a very core product to NetSuite. It actually was the first. So NetSuite first started out as NetLedger, which was an online accounting software. Um, and then as NetSuite grew into the suite, and I say suite by saying S-U-I-T-E, it's a suite of products. Um, but it's cool that the accounting you know, product was the first and probably the most one of the more core products. And that's what um, my team works on. So my role as a product manager is pretty traditional, you know, what you would kind of read about. So I own features, I manage the JIRA artifacts, I spend time solving like issues or investigating issues. Um, I do a lot of like research, as far as like, competitors and like different areas of our product. Um, And just kind of doing those more traditional product management roles, which has been really cool. Um, from what I understand, like I know Zach does more like kind of like R and D type product management. Um, and Ramu, I'd love to hear like what, what your kind of PM stuff is, but, but yeah, it's been really cool. I think like we, it's, it's a lot of like cross-functional team working. Like I work a lot with developers. I work a lot with designers Um and, you know, I've only been in the role six months, but I kind of feel like I'm finally like getting my feet under me a little bit. And I'm really just like excited to kind of like continue growing into the role and seeing what
2: I can do with it. So what have you learned in your first six months as a PM? Like, <laughs> a good tip good that- question.
0: Yeah.
1: Did you go through the imposter syndrome that I feel <laughs> and I both have talked about yes. many times?
0: Yes. So... Well, first off, I took a accounting class at Austin Community College. Shout out. And it was great because I didn't know anything about accounting. <laughs> so I've actually learned a lot of accounting. Um, I've learned a lot of like the product management tools. Like I've learned a ton of JIRA. Um, I've learned like a ton of, well, not a ton, but I'm, I'm getting my my feet wet. And, you know, like, how do we manage a feature from like conception to launch, like how do we do discovery on that feature? How do we then like put that feature into actionable Jira artifacts? How do we work with multiple teams of developers? Like right, you know, like I like one team is doing this, one team's doing this. How do we make sure that those, you know, it's consistent, the quality is consistent, things like that. So I think that's been really cool to learn. Um, I have really learned also a lot about like, really, like, self-initiative in a, you know, in a less specific sense, but like we were talking about earlier, just how do we, how do you kind of push yourself? How do you find ways to better yourself without someone telling you specifically, like, how do you kind of increase your sphere of influence? Like, that, to me, is something that in product management is really important because ultimately product management is how do you lead without formal formal title or formal influence, and so being the new the new person, how do I get these like senior managers or senior engineers or senior designers to trust me and look at me and be like, oh, she knows what she's doing. She'll get things done. Like I can trust her to get you know get X Y Z ready. Um, that's definitely been something that I've learned. Like, how do I just manage all these different types of relationships? And how do I really show up every day and prove myself um in a way that is, you know, beneficial. And but I'm having a, a ton of fun. I just I'm I it's just like it's so fun to me. I really feel good about like where I'm at and that like this is a place that like I can continue to grow and and do well at. So I'm I'm thankful to thankful to be in the role.
1: <laughs> I feel like the way you've described your journey so far is this is like almost like the point you've been aiming towards and now you're in that like sweet spot for the moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you still say planning like 5, 10, 15, 20 years in the future of where you potentially want to go as a way to say aim your direction in your current role or Would you say you're more kind of like just in the moment? Let's just sit with things
0: right now. Yeah, great question. I think a little bit of both. So right now, my perspective is like, you're right. I've gotten to this like point that I've been aiming for so long and so happy to be here. And I'm going to do my absolute best for the job I'm doing now. I think like, as I don't have necessarily any specific plans to like, I don't know, maybe leave product or do anything like that. But what I do see myself doing is going down some sort of management pathway. But I also recognize that in order to do that, I need to do well right now. And so I am kind of thinking in the future, like, okay, I do want to have like some formal influence, some formal titles. But at this point in time right now, it's my job to do well at what I'm doing now and learn as much as I can right now in order to get there in the future if that makes sense yeah yeah what about you guys i'd love to hear your perspective on that
2: i'm living in the moment right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm really just trying to get my work done (laughs) you know (laughs) i feel like this is like something that zach and i always talk about is like our list continues to get longer and longer and longer on things to do (laughs) so um like I, I was telling Zach uh, not so long ago that I've been very productive lately, you know? So like I've been crossing a lot of things out of my list and that's the most sati- satisfactory. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. But it's like very satisfying to cross things out of, you know, my list. But of course it continues to grow. So I definitely live in the moment right now. <laughs> um, but Which sadly- I think is totally valid. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Right, but I definitely celebrate every little thing that I accomplish, right? Like, I think product management is very rewarding uh, when it comes to, like, let's say that if I'm looking at something that is, I don't know, uh, not working the way I think it should be working, it's so nice to go back to, like, a team and ask them why this was done this way, for example, right? Because, mm-hmm. be- like, we're so quick at saying, oh, this is broken, right? Or, oh, this doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be working like this, Right. So I feel like one of the things that I've learned from product management is how to communicate and not jump into conclusions. Um, And my first Mm -hmm. question is always, "Oh, um, what was the thought behind, you know, um, making this button work this way?" For example, right? And um, getting, you know, like sometimes when people give you that answer, you're like, "Oh my god!" Like it makes so much sense. It's just that maybe the communication is not there, right? Like the message wasn't clear at the beginning. And you need to learn how to make that message clear instead of like trying to completely, you know, throw something away or something, right? So yeah, being able to see those perspectives um, and working with so many people, as you said, like, you know, developers, designers, customers, other PMs, you know, is so important, but always having that open mind of, I don't know anything, you know? So first of all, I'm going to ask, you know, before jumping into conclusions. Yes,
0: I love that perspective
2: because, yeah, sometimes you're like, why was this
0: made this way? But then, yeah, you hear them say it and you're like, oh, (laughs) am I am I the one that's
2: not understanding? Like (laughs) Exactly. Like that happens to me a lot because, for example, um, you know, the Oracle database is used by so many personas. Right. Like we have data scientists, developers um, DBAs, et cetera. Right. And they all have a different way of doing things in the database. Right. So, um, I always, you know, ask questions like, Oh, why did we do this like that? Like, why can we import, um, you know, like data in so many ways. Right. And at the beginning I was like overwhelmed by all of the different ways we have to like, for example, import data. Right. But now I understand that we have so many different personas that are using our product, right. That it's important for all of them to, to feel included, right? So I feel like it's so um rewarding when you like, understand something or make the messaging clear for your product, or you even improve your product. That's like, you see your outcome, right? And it's like, so rewarding. So I love yeah. <laughs> I think like, one of the things that
0: these past six months I've really had to like rewire my mindset was you know your first roll out of college we all entered into like number one a very formal training course right. and number two a very formal kind of like way of doing your job it was it was formulaic essentially in what you needed to do to succeed what was I had to like, figure out and get used to was number one, entering this new job in product management, there was no formal course. (laughs) Like you had to like learn how you had to identify what you needed to learn. And then you needed to go learn it. What, however you did that, which was awesome. Like so freeing, but also like a little scary, (laughs) you know? Um, and two in product management, what I really had to get used to was like, a lot of people will, like you are the decision maker like a lot of people will come to you asking questions and saying like what do we do here what should this look like and like i think in my my previous role i was kind of wired to be like oh let me ask like my boss or like let me ask like this person who's like formally in charge of it but like in in pm like you're the one and and they say like oh hey what what color do you want this you're like <laughs> uh purple and they're like okay and you're like okay and <laughs> you, know? Kind of scared. <laughs> you know
2: like, you that decision, yeah. you're like oh my god what if it's not purple <laughs> You know, especially yeah. being yeah.
1: younger it just gives you such <laughs> yeah. an appreciation because like you have to get out of those like that like asking your parents permission type mindset yes and it also I feel like it helps me like understand upper management a bit more because they're asked so many questions all the time that you can't sit down and find the perfect answer to every single question. And you sometimes just have to, like, go with things. And if it doesn't work out, it's like, well, course correct in the future. But that really yeah. opened my mind, like, seeing, it's like, oh, when I'm being asked, like, what color? I'm like, I can't sit here for an hour and think about that, like, purple. I'm like, yeah. oh, I wonder how many times a day Jeff or Chris yeah. has to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, but, like, how exciting like, I know. you're in a position that, like, people rely on your expertise to, like, make this product what it is and, like, make it successful. Like, to me, that's so exciting and, like, fun. I'll, you know, a little scary, but, like, once I, like, you know, like I said, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because, like, it's just so cool. Like, I remember specifically there was one time someone was asking, like, a really specific, like, requirement. And a pretty like senior person on my team, I, you know, we like pose the question and they were like, within like two seconds answered. I was like, how did he, and, but then I realized it's just someone making a decision. Like it's relying on their expertise and their past. And then just being like, yeah, this is it. And then be like, okay, I trust you. Like, it was so funny to me, <laughs> but also I was like, okay, it's my goal to get there. Like, it's my goal to be able to do that. Yep.
1: I find that <laughs> I'm laughing because <laughs> I find myself taking that PM brain hope like home to my personal life sometimes where like Montana yeah. will just like throw out a question I'll be like answer and, and I'll be like I'm just <laughs> I'll like I'll catch myself be like oh she's just looking to talk but I'm like still in that like wired up work yeah. brain where people throw questions at me and I'm like quickly trying to be yeah. like boom 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 just get through yeah. things like I gotta switch modes
0: back I literally my friends always say that like I say a lot of things like Oh, like what an interesting strategy! You're like that's actually a really interesting like business propose like business plan. Or like I'll point uh-huh. things out and they'll be like, <laughs> "What are you saying?" And I'm like, "Guys, <laughs> it's really interesting. Just trust me." Like,
1: <laughs> no, I love that. It like it bleeds into my life outside PM now, where I'm just like looking around at other businesses and I'm like, "Oh, I wonder why they did that decision." Or like you just can kind of see yes. how the problems you're solving in your work world are overlaying on like other businesses stuff
0: no it's so cool like yeah. I don't think people realize nothing as like in the business world products anything like everything is on purpose like the color of that the shape of that like w- the placement of this like literally everything is purposeful and like when you start to kind of see that it's just like crazy it, it's just crazy like I read that one of my favorite books when I that I read when I was like studying for like PM was it's called swipe to unlock and it's just it's just like one of the like initial product management books but it's all these case studies about like why things are built the way they are and like what decisions were go- like went into this and like it, it I just remember reading it and being like this makes too much sense but yeah, such a funny mindset we get into.
2: Hundred <laughs> um, percent. I went back to um, Spain for the holidays, and my oh. friends are a hundred percent not into tech or anything, right? And I remember um, looking at a menu, and I and I said something like, "Oh, I, I don't like how this menu is designed. I would do this, this, and that." And they were looking at me like, yes. "Why?" Like and I'm always in that mindset of like, oh, if I if I was the owner of this, I don't know restaurant, I would do this, this and that. And they're always looking at me like, why are you thinking about these things? I know. <laughs> I know.
1: I was already very opinionated. This job has made me so <laughs> worse. Because <laughs> even if I'm wrong, I'm like, I want to know why I'm wrong. Like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Ugh. it's just it's so funny because like in my house, I have two other roommates. One of them is a nurse and another is a teacher. And it's so fun though, because like we all come home from work and we will just like start saying all of our, about our different days. And we all have like such different <laughs> days. But like, I think it's just what the, what makes the world go around. Like, you know, there's people like like us that have that like questioning kind of mindset. And then there you know, all these other types of people in different personas or different jobs that like, I could literally never do I like I just think it's so cool I think it's so cool how everyone has their thing and like it's so fun to live with two people who like have very different roles than me because yeah we have the most funny after work chats
1: (laughs) I was literally randomly thinking about that the other day where it's just like I was like thinking about like how just kind of where I've gotten now like the things I'm excited moving forward all these projects and like both just oracle work life and stuff outside of it that I'm doing and it's just very interesting because I never liked the people growing up who were like oh I peaked in like high school or like everything goes downhill after you're a kid because like for me personally it's like yeah there was a lot of like suffering to go through at times and it sucks like trying to find your way in the world but once you start to kind of Find those like pieces of foundation that you can grab onto it's really cool to see where things take you versus like kind of going back to the whole school analogy it's like for so much of our life we were all just thrown into the same environment we went through the same things but now we get to see like different people just we're out in the real world you have like so much openness of opportunity like especially in America, just kind of like, go whatever path you want. And different people get gravitated towards different things. And you might not always know why you're being pulled in a certain direction, or why some things work out while others don't. But, and it even takes time for people like, say, find what works for them, especially like at our age. But you do start to get to see it's like, oh, yeah, my friend of this personality, it makes sense that they're doing this. And Mm -hmm. they've gotten happier as they've kind of like, been pulled by the gravitation towards those kind of things just like seeing that with like others in my own life I find like super interesting how everyone kind of starts to make their little like circles of influence in the world and we kind of like are all like spreading out
0: yeah I love watching like my friends or like people that I love or even just like people I don't really know like I just love watching people like excel Mm -hmm. it's so cool I'm like, you're so cool. I love that you're doing good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I get inspired. Like, even if it's something that has nothing to do with what I do, seeing people who are passionate or just, like, what's the word? Like, just have this, like, level of mastery to what they do no matter what it is. Like, Mm -hmm. that energy just, like, gets me excited for my own things I'm working
0: towards. Same. I love passion. I think Mm -hmm. it's so cool. Do you guys find that, like, being in PM has made you... More like entrepreneurial?
1: I've honestly always had that bone in me. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think like part of the reason why I feel so at home now is just because I found a place where I'm able to get those skills out. And like, just even I've always been interested in like doing a bunch of different things. I get kind of depressed if I can't like have some kind of valve (laughs) for my creative side. And I also tend to get bored if I'm doing the same thing over and over, which is like very entrepreneurial traits. So the fact that I do have this environment I'm in where I'm like constantly learning different things, I'm being challenged. Like it very, it is interesting to see how I've kind of found myself here versus a couple of years ago. I had no idea what PM was. I would have never thought I could get into here. Like I wasn't even in tech four years ago.
0: Yeah. For me, like, I find, I think I also kind of had like, a little bit of that like entrepreneurial spirit, but I didn't really know it was there. Like it was kind of just like lying dormant. But ever since I started in PM, I literally can't help if if I like have a problem. I'm like, Oh, I need to like make something for this. Like, like, this needs to be fixed. Like, how can I fix this? Like, literally, one of my big things right now is like, I hate that like, as a girl in the gym, you're like, you're wearing like leggings or something like that, that don't have pockets necessarily. And I hate that. Like, you have to like carry your phone. Like, I hate that you have to carry it in your hand. And then when you're doing a set, put it down on the ground. Disgusting. Mm -hmm. Like I want something (laughs) that can fix that. Like that is my biggest thing, but I don't know. I just think it's been so funny. Like, I feel like it's going to get worse, but Mm -hmm. I can't help but just, like, identifying, like, oh, this needs to be fixed. Like, I need to fix this.
1: I think it's, <laughs> like, looking. it's that sense of, uh, um, like, initiative we learn how to, like, gain. Like, that, yeah. like, confidence in our ability to go out and do something we haven't done before just because it's, like, you start in this role and you're, like, oh, this thing needs to be done and you're, like, oh, I'm the one who has to do it. Well, they <laughs> hired me and they knew I didn't know how to do this before, so, like, Guess I'll figure it out and see what happens. And it's like you get mm-hmm. more and more comfortable just going like I don't. I think PM's like the ultimate exercise in like anti credentials, which is
0: oh yeah. There's
1: like a huge, especially in like today's world where everyone's like oh the experts on things, and like there's so many people out there, so many things going on. It's like the anti expert economy where it's just like screw it, let's do it. Like someone has to figure it out. We don't have unlimited resources. I'll go give it a shot. And oh, that actually went pretty well. And you start just looking for other things you can apply it to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. I had this mentality when I started PM where I was like, oh my God, I need to know everything in and out. I need to understand absolutely everything. And now I just realized that sometimes we just have to get things done. So, like, you know, like <laughs> figure it out. Like, that type of thing, like, I'll learn about it later, but let me let me, you know. Take care of this right now and figure out how I'm gonna understand it later or whatever. Like I don't have time to sit down and understand the in and outs of things.
1: Yeah. I was always mm-hmm. really bad about that. It's like my perfectionism where it's like, mm-hmm. I want to get a hundred, mm-hmm. but PM has made me get more comfortable with like stuff I'm gonna be I by nature of like only so many hours in a day, I have to miss stuff. So just focus your attention on like the highest value impact things and worry about the others later.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Trouble. Okay, Mr.
0: Work on weekends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're not supposed <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs>
0: oh, gosh.
1: One of the things I was curious about, Allie, is you talked a lot about the books you were reading to get ready for PM, and you and I have our book club with our other PM friend, yes! Killian.
0: Shout out. <laughs> yeah,
1: shout out to Killian. I want you on this podcast too at some point. But, um, was that something that, like reading? Let's say I—I I, no, I'm actually curious about for like both standpoints. Um, both, mm-hmm. let's call it fiction, not goal-oriented reading, and like non-fiction. I want to learn about something. Was that something that you adopted once you graduated and you were in tech, or were you always a big reader?
0: Yeah. So I have always been really into reading. Um. I really picked it back up when I was in college because I just like with your studies and like, this is kind of ironic because now we work all day on a computer, but I just felt like I was staring at a computer all the time. And like, it was just really nice for me to like read. So in college, it was just like purely for pleasure. Like I didn't read necessarily like nonfiction or anything like that. Um, I think where I've like really found a lot of like, amazing things about reading has been in like post-grad life number one because I think like especially with like interview prep or like anything where you're there's just like so much stuff on the internet for me I was like really struggling and feeling like entirely overwhelmed with how much information there was on the internet and like all these people were saying oh well for an interview you need to do this or you need to do this or do it this way and like I was just like so overwhelmed with information that I like, I felt like I physically could not choose what was right. And so for me, like turning to books for specifically for me was like my interview prep, but you can apply this to any, you know, situation really. Like books for me were a way to focus my mental energy on things that I knew were vetted and true And we're not just like by some fifteen-year-old posting on Reddit, you know. Like, like it was a way for me to be like, okay, I know that there is at least a little bit about this that is like correct, you know, that I can trust. And so that really helped me just weed through all of the information online because, yeah, you don't know who's posting, you don't know what that blog is or that Reddit post, or like, truly, you don't know. Um, I think like what. Uh, like, on a on a flip side about reading, like, in adulthood, I'm in two book clubs, one with you, Zach, and, like, our other friend, Killian, you mentioned, and we read, like, more, like, business books and, like, kind of, like, work-oriented books, and then I'm in another book club that we read just really, like, any books that we want to, um, and I just think there's, like, something so powerful about, like, engaging in material with like your peers and discussing and because you realize your friend like people are so smart and like everyone truly has so many things to like offer and just like discussing literature and like the things that you learn from it and hearing people's perspective I think has so much value like I love our book club Zach I look forward to it every time we do it because like Me, you and Killian, I think just have such good discussions. Like I always leave being like, I never thought of it that way, but I'm so glad that we talked about it because I just learned so much. So it's like, I feel like it's like twofold learning. Like you learn from the actual material. And then when you discuss with your peers, you learn again and you learn more because of like the insights that like these people are providing. So I just think it's just an awesome way to like make yourself smarter and bond with your peers and like just just level up I really think that like reading levels you up
1: (laughs) yeah like I've always been a huge reader and I was even surprised just like going back to our book club how impactful I found that just having that group environment setting Mm -hmm. because I think like the two things is kind of like you're saying it's like oh you go through you read material you come to your own kind of insights but then it's like I get to hear you or Killian hit things from like a slightly different angle. And that helps me like think outside of my usual box. And I think something else that's also really cool is the fact that we have this book club and we don't work directly together, but we all are like relatively connected in one way or another. Having Mm -hmm. these books under our belt that we've all read together, it's created this shared vocabulary that we have that then it's like, if we're discussing ideas, it's like, oh, I know someone I can bounce an idea off of because we both read like similar things on a topic. And I know that like, they're going to start out with the same assumptions and just general baseline to the convo. Like from that. Yeah.
0: And I, I also heard that I heard this, I forget whether it was on LinkedIn or something like that, but like, The best way to like be a good employee or a good like manager is to study, is is to essentially like study for that and prepare for that role before you have it. And so, I feel like by us reading (laughs) management books and stuff, we like we not only can apply it to like our current role, but we're also like thinking so critically about okay, how do I like in the future put this into action? Like, how can I be my best self? Um and I just think it's I think it's so powerful.
1: Yeah. Going back and I would to that encourage the...
0: everyone to to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like going back to that kind of question earlier about like, oh, how far in the future do you plan when it comes to your career stuff? Like when kind of like just even talking about the were you always interested in entrepreneurship, or was that something that kind of came along with PM? I think kind of part of the reason why I subconscious like why I subconsciously ended up where I was like, being in PM now, was just because, like, in college, like, I love to read entrepreneurship books. Like, I read a mm-hmm. ton of, like, marketing books, like, Seth Godin, Ryan Holiday. I read, like, Peter Thiel's Zero to One. Our next book in our book club, Grit, that was mm-hmm. actually recommended to me by, um, like, the president of this one real estate firm in Boston. So it is interesting seeing the stuff that you think about going in the future as like a potential possibility, even having no idea, like when when I was in college, I had no idea I would be a PM or like even just in tech. Yeah. Things kind of fall in the place based on where like the interests and skills that you do on your own time to learn about and to kind of like broaden it to just general career advice. Like one of the things I like about personally, I'm always like a huge future planner. I probably do it too much. Like, I remember joking about when I was on my solution engineering team with my manager Sangita, like she would give me like a new piece of info, and I'm like, now I need to rearrange my entire like five and ten year plan based on it. But just kind of going now, even though I'm in this mindset of, oh, I want to be the best PM that I can be. So I'm paying super close attention to what my manager Jeff does. But at the end of the day, regardless of like where the direction goes whether like in Oracle or outside of it, I know that eventually I want to be in some kind of position in the future where I am more strategy oriented and kind of have more of that like leverage from a people management standpoint and just like strategic decision making. So whenever I get the opportunity, I'm also like paying close attention to my VP, Chris too. So when it whether it's like through the mentors and direct people around you or the books that you read, there's a lot of opportunity to before you say commit to something, just try out and start thought experimenting around ideas I find like really powerful.
0: Yeah. And I think like, like you said, we don't know where we're going to end up. Like we don't know, we, we truly don't know. But like, what you do know is like, you have today, and you know what you're doing today. And if you can just spend an hour a day or 30 minutes a day, just like, accumulating some sort of knowledge or like doing this or like reading this book, right? Like it's all about just like accumulating these little bits of things so that wherever you get to in the future, you are as prepared as you can be. And no one will ever be 100% prepared, you, it's impossible. But if you seize the day essentially, right? You can You can be miles above other people in, in your same position, right? It's just about utilizing the time today and, you know, recognizing, yeah, you don't, you're not in college. You don't have like a due date. The test isn't on Friday. You don't know when the test is going to be, but motivating yourself to put in the work now to do the best that you can now will only benefit you in the future. Yeah.
1: Do you have a top five favorite books? I'm always curious what like the most impactful oh, books I'm people have time. read are.
0: Well, okay, one of my favorite books of all time is Educated. Um, do you guys know that book?
1: I haven't read that one, no.
0: Okay, it's a memoir um, about a girl who grew up in a in a, in a family, um, basically, like, in the woods. I, I read it, I don't remember, like, specifically where, but basically, like, her parents didn't believe in, like, modern medicine or education or, like, anything like that. And it's basically about her life growing up and then how she escaped. And I think it really helps you value like education um, and like your life and and opportunities. Um, Another one of my favorite books, just because I thought it was so intensely interesting was bad blood. And that is about the Elizabeth Holmes, Theranos uh, craziness. (laughs) There's a
1: good book out on it. I have to check that out.
0: Yes. Um, Oh, I just finished another good one too. Oh my gosh. I just finished uh demon copperhead. That was just absolutely amazing. It actually won a Pulitzer prize. Um, and then I also recently finished that. I just absolutely loved, um, when breath becomes air. So that's a memoir about a, uh, about a neurosurgeon who gets uh cancer. And he has to kind of grapple with like, okay, what does like my life mean now? What's morality? What do we live for knowing I'm going to die? Like just very crazy. But I think the thing about my reading style is I just like love to like learn about different things. And so I don't have like a specific like type of book that I always gravitate to. Like I kind of like reading a bunch of different things. I'm really excited about the book that we're reading in our book club and I've already read it, but um, really excited about that one. So I don't know, drop your book reviews in the comments, guys, because I'm yeah. always, or book recommendations, I'm always looking for new ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, people actually do that. Like, if you're listening on um, the audio versions on like Spotify or something, go over to the YouTube version, because I'm always looking for good recommendations yeah. of people's favorite. I like all the books that you mentioned. I hadn't heard of before, which gets me excited. So oh my gosh, I'm looking forward to like, I'll, going into it. You can it.
0: borrow. <laughs> oh
1: nice yeah i'll literally be at your house tomorrow so I'm like i'll like, grab the copy while i'm there
0: <laughs> yeah i know yeah don't steal my books though zach you can ask I'll me them and back. i will give you them. Yeah. <laughs> <Congrats>. <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends is like an avid bourbon collector and apparently at one of his parties like expensive bourbons so he has them all like on the wall and they had this party and his brother-in-law to like play a prank on him like hid one of his really expensive bottles basically acting like he stole it mm-hmm. and my friend was like beside himself like <laughs> could not <laughs> like figure out <laughs> but but I don't know if I'd have that same reaction but it would be sad for me if I woke up like after a party and I'd be like someone took one of my books <laughs>
1: it's like the most nerdy crime ever You're it's like, like everything else is God. untouched but it's like my, not my books
0: <laughs> uh, I know I know I have this dream of like one day, like having a library oh, I have the of same like one. everything. It'd be so cool.
1: I've yeah. literally been like planning out my future, like library slash Yeah. <laughs> I want like the old, like the, like, I don't even know what kind of wood, but just that, like that nice wood feel. It yeah. goes like all around. You have the little ladder thing that you push along yes. the shelf.
0: Yeah. One day for now, I just have my $5 shelf. I got at the Texas state surplus store.
1: when i moved literally most of my possessions were just books like it was just obnoxious amount of like book boxes
2: you have, i think that's great though behind you always
1: i know literally like i yeah i don't think there's anything bad on the table like this isn't even my bookshelf i just like have a random like collection oh my goodness just no i will take books that i'm thinking about the subject area even if i'm not reading it and I'll just put it in my eyesight because it helps like trigger thoughts for me, mm. like around I like it. That. But um, yeah, we've been going for. Or was there one thing you want to get in before we wrap up, uh, Ramu?
2: Um, I just wanted to get like the list of books that you read for your PM interview. If you have, like a top five, just to include it in our resources. And yes, I don't know if you guys um have started looking into like leadership books but um one that i really liked was um start with the Why." um Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard of it and the other one is leaders eat last um they're both from the same um author let me oh cool i'll add it to my goodreads
0: um as far as like books that i would recommend specifically for pms interviewing i have a whole post about that on my linkedin um so i can give you guys the link to that post um because that that provides like a lot of in uh, a lot of insight and stuff because yeah a lot of people ask me that question like what resources do i recommend and like truly i just recommend the reading list like ignore reddit ignore everything you see online go to the books (laughs) yeah you
1: gotta be careful like forum type advice because it will start to contradict itself and like put you in circles and just confuse you even more make you start second guessing yep yes but yeah that's technically managing 18 thank you for coming Allie it was great having you we need to have you again on a future episode this like blue by yes. time wise thank you for fun.
0: having me yeah I love to chat so you just let me know
2: Yes. yeah, <laughs> but yeah thank you
0: guys so much so mm-hmm. fun to talk and yeah I love getting smarter with you guys <laughs> <laughs>